Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, let's just go ahead and dismiss the children before I forget to go and find teacher Jamie in the back. We just got back from an amazing week at camp, youth summer camp 2022. We took our youth, about 17 of them and a handful of our volunteer youth staff, up to Dunes Bible Camp, if you've ever heard of it, or maybe you know it as the Dunes Bible Camp, up in Washington, right on the other side of, uh, you get to Astoria, and then you make a left, and if you've ever done this before, you go up and over this huge bridge, and you feel like your life is going to be over. (laughs) I was like, man, heaven's coming quickly, Lord. Uh, But seriously, if you were to fall off this bridge, I don't think you'd survive it. And even as I was looking at it, as we were going up there, I was like, that just doesn't look safe to me. But Lord, apparently it's been engineered and all of that. So, and then if that's not enough, this huge, crazy bridge, then for about a, a mile or a little over a mile, if you look to the right, water. If you look to the left, water. And it's just like, Okay, this is like getting out of the boat status, like, you know, Peter walking on water, not really. But uh, we made it both ways. Oh, and there was construction on the bridge. So (laughs) if we would have stopped, we would have been on the bridge. Uh, But we didn't have to stop, so God was good to us. But we got all the youth up there safely, and we got into our spots and... As the week started to progress, I just started thinking of all just the amazing things like, one, you know how the rain has just been off the charts since we, you know, for this whole spring. And somehow, literally like the day before we get there, the day we get there, the sun comes out, we like had no rain the entire time that we were there. It was just beautiful. We even had one night where there was like an amazing sunset, and we had a campfire, and it was just so neat to just be able to see God meeting us in that place. And then not only that, but just to see the way that God was working in our students' lives and using our counselors that were there to just minister to their hearts. We, I just saw countless, we even heard countless stories around campfires or in small group settings where students were just connecting with the Lord. Students were learning things about him. And it was neat to not only see that they really did. Thank you for praying. If you were praying this week, not only that like the prayer, this prayer was answered, that not only would they connect with God, but that they would connect with each other. Uh, one quick highlight was that we were at the, the bonfire, the campfire on the last night. Everybody's sharing their, <laughs> Vilene is giggling because she probably knows what I'm going to say, sharing their stories. We're giving every kid a chance. Do you want to share anything? Do you want to share a highlight? Do you want to share something God's taught you? Do you want to share uh, just, you know, whatever it is that, that has meant the most to you this week? And not only just hearing their stories, But then after every single story, like, all the kids would jump up, yeah, yeah, and they'd all go up and, like, hug that person, and, like, it just became this amazing, like, after every single person shared their story, 
the kids would jump up and like gather around them and hug them. Um, and we became a family. And I think part of that was from at the beginning of the week, we made it very clear, okay, we're not here to be sarcastic. We're not here to tear each other down. We're not here to, you know, say comments that are, uh, that are going to be, you know, def- you know, deflate us or deflate others. Because if we do that, nobody's going to want to share. Nobody's going to want to open up and be honest and be vulnerable um, and, and really be a part of, you know, what God is doing here. And so it was just neat to see how, because that foundation was laid, that throughout the whole week, kids were positive, kids were encouraging each other, um, kids and staff were praying for each other, uh, and just to just see what took place was just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for using this week. Thank you for allowing um, the students who came, those 17 students, to just get so much out of it. And I wanted to be able to give you a little bit of a front row seat. I know that not everyone's able to go to youth summer camp with us, uh, but I wanted to be able to give you a little bit of a, a, a front row seat on what we experienced this week, what the students learned, and how God showed up um, at summer camp 2022. The theme was blessed, and it came out of Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open up there. I'm just going to read it for you really quickly. But it says this in Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers." And we spent a little bit of time unpacking for the students. What does it mean? What does this word blessed mean? Because a lot of times in the Christian, you know, the church, we have these words, you know, this kind of like a Christianese, right? That if only if you're in the church, maybe, do you understand, you know, what these words mean. And and a lot of times, unless we really stop and think about, okay, what? What does that word mean, to be blessed? Then a lot of times we we don't really think about and process and have an answer for that. And we started thinking about, huh, like, to what do you guys think it means to be be blessed? Go ahead and and shout out a couple thoughts. What do you think? God's gift? Favor. Favor. (laughs) Sitting here, being alive, right? Taking our next breath. Strength. Happy or happiness, joy, anything else to what is blessed? Huh? Walking in the Spirit of God. Overcomers, right? We're overcome, you know, with Christ and what He's done for us and being able to be called His children. 
Um, being blessed, obviously it's, we, we talked about with the students how it's the opposite of being cursed, right? I mean, being blessed, very good, right? Just the, the most amazing things you can think of happening to you versus being cursed, right? The, the, the worst things ha- that could happen to a person. Um, and how in the Christian life, blessing is something that only comes from God. But just this idea that we want to live in such a way, in such a posture, that we would be blessed. And we made sure to let them know, okay, we're not talking here about material blessing. That's not what we're talking about, about, you know, just that God's just going to bless us with all of our wants. And yes, God's going to bless us with our needs and, and what we need. But this is more so the type of blessing of having God's favor on your life as you live right before him and according to his word, and you listen to his voice and obey him. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6 says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word... Love for the Lord is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And if we want to have that blessed life in Jesus, we need to be able to know and follow his commands, um, obey him. But we also need to Listen to him. It says in John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, this is Jesus speaking, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And so we talked about this student, with the students about this question, How do you live the Christian life if you want to be blessed? And that should be a question that we should all lean forward in our seats and say, yeah, how how do I live that way? And I would would bet that most of us probably who have been in the church for a long time would probably, probably do pretty well answering that question, if you've been in the church a long time, if you've come to church a long time. But then to take it to the next step and to say, but am I living those things out? Am I doing those things that I know that will lead to a blessed life? And so we talked to the students about two things that could really help them live and have a blessed life. And one of those was spiritual disciplines, disciplines that connect us to God and grow our relationship with God and help us learn how to be with God 
and to hear his voice. You see, because we, we talked to, to the students about how so much of this world is based on what we do and how we perform and how perfect we are and if we're doing a good enough job. And it's, in a lot of ways, created such a, a busy culture and a, and a busy lifestyle because we're taught that we're not good if we're not performing, if we're not doing and what I've found out in the Christian life and the people who have poured into me and the people who have discipled me is it's not the good, any good that I have done, but it's the good that he has done for me that makes me good. And the fact that he gave his life on the cross for me and rose from the dead three days later makes me a child of God, makes me good, and his desire even more so than what I could do for him, is to simply learn how to be with him, how to have an intimate relationship with him. And just like any relationship that we have with somebody, a best friend, right, or a a spouse, someone that we're really close to, it takes two things. It takes talking to them, but it also takes listening to them and actively listening to them. And spiritual disciplines is one of those things that can help us not only connect and be with God, but also learn how to hear from him. And we told the students that we don't get in the habit of listening to God or practicing these spiritual disciplines, because every time we do it, he speaks, we get in the habit of listening to God and doing these spiritual disciplines so that when he does speak, we'll hear him. Because we're putting ourselves in a posture to listen. And so we talked about these spiritual disciplines and how we all have disciplines in our life, right? We all uh, would say that, you know, maybe we we exercise, right? Or we're going to eat better. Or, you know, I mean, fill in the blank. We're going to do something to train ourselves in this sport so that, you know, or in theater or whatever it is so that we can become, or today, gaming, right? Like, you can be a professional gamer now, but like to, to do our best in something, discipline ourselves so that we can become better in that. And the same thing goes in our relationship with God. The same thing goes spiritually is that there's disciplines that can connect us to God and to his grace. It's called his, his means of grace. He wants to pour out his grace on us. He wants to transform us. He wants to grow us. He wants to show himself to us in powerful ways. And practicing some of these spiritual disciplines that we talk to the students about help position us in a place to where we can experience him and experience his grace in our lives. And so we talked about some of these spiritual disciplines um, that are individual and that are internal, just with us and God. 
We talked about some of them. Uh, I'll just share a couple with you. Um, the first one, first ones that we talked about would have been like uh, silence and solitude. And for some of us, that's really hard for some of our students because they have one of, the, oh, I don't have it on me, but they have their cell phone, right? And they're, you know, they're on it every day, all the time. And so what we actually asked them to do this camp was to not bring it. And it was incredible. Like, because they didn't have, they didn't have that every single moment, that distraction or that thing that they were looking to for, because a lot of times we use that to prop us up or to, it's like a security, right? Like we go to that when we're uncomfortable. Um, and they literally didn't have that. But at the same time, in order to, so they were already experiencing solitude and silence because to pull that away from them, to pull that phone away from them was already like removing them from their norm and from the way that they usually try to connect with others or maybe even connect with God. So that, because solitude is us removing ourselves from others and from all the busyness, and getting alone with God. Maybe going out in nature and doing a hike and just stopping at some point in the hike. No one else is around and just, and just taking some solitude time to be with Him or going to the park and just getting away from everybody and just saying, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm here to connect with you. And then, what partners really well with solitude is silence. Just being completely silent. Because so many times when we're connecting with God, we think we have to do all the talking. Or we think we have to be reading the Bible the whole time. Or we think we have to be, you know, doing something. But in order to hear from somebody, sometimes you have to listen. And so we just talked to them about just being silent before the Lord. Uh, and we also talk to them about journaling because, I mean, as, as we see, obviously, um, in Jesus' life, we see Jesus going away and, and praying, right? Which I talked to you about silence and solitude and how there's like three different times in, in Matthew and Luke and where, that I can remember that Jesus, it says after he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray and later that night, when he was alone, right? Um, or another place, yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came to hear him, and he healed their sick, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, right? Because he realized he, he needed that. But there's also this uh, discipline we shared with him about of journaling and about you know, writing down those things that God shares with us or those prayer requests, or those ways that he's revealing things to, in his word, or those questions that we have for him. Because when we journal, it's a way of us, one, being able to look back, but it's also a way for other people maybe to be able to look back. There's a couple of, of verses um, where it says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he who run, so that he may run who reads it. 
Um, and then also Psalm 102.18, let this be recorded for the generation to come so that people yet to be created may praise the Lord, right? Writing these things down are Psalm, or uh, Romans 15.4, and whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. There's, there's something that comes about when we write things down that not only gives us hope, but also can help bring others hope and could even help the next generation or could help, right, in, in ways that we just didn't even realize. So we talked to them about that. We also talked to them about uh, a couple other, and I'll kind of breeze over these, but the discipline of meditation and how in a lot of the other religions or Eastern religions, when you meditate, you try to like empty your mind, empty yourself. And how we said, but in Christian meditation, uh, we actually try to fill our minds with the things of Christ and fill our minds with his truth and with his word. And so we taught them something that's been around for thousands of years called Lectio Divina. It's known as sacred reading. And what you do is you pick a passage and you read, a, you read it through about you know, three or four times. And the first few times that you're reading the passage, and it's really neat when you can practice this in like a, you can do it alone, but when you can do it in like a community setting and then also talk about it after, you just, you get so much more out of it because God's talking to each of us um, in so many different ways because he knows exactly what we need to hear. And so we talked to them about a verse I'm also going to, a passage I'm also going to share with you, which is John 15, 1 through 8. And we read it the first two times that we read it, and they had a piece of paper. We said, we just want you to focus on hearing from God, either a word or a phrase or maybe even a picture that God brings to your mind, because God speaks to all of us in different ways. And we just said the first two times we read it, we just want you to try and hear that word or that phrase or that picture. And then we said the third time we read this passage to you, we want you to try and focus on maybe why God revealed to you that word or that phrase or that picture. And then the final time we read it, we said we want you to focus on the how is God wanting you to apply this to your lives? Like, you know, what, what is this that, why did he give you this? What does he want you to do with it? How does he want you to apply it? And it was just so neat to hear the students share uh, what they came up with. But let me read to you the passage that we shared with them. And it's John chapter 15, 1 through 8. Probably right when I start reading it, you're going to know what it is. But this is Jesus speaking. And it connected so well with our, our theme of blessed because spiritual disciplines and wanting to connect with God and wanting to just be with him. But this is John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. It says, I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and you're, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And that's just such a good tie-in back into, um, you can even just, if you just closed your eyes and just pictured, right, like the type of person who was really following the Lord and living for him and meditating on his law day and night, this person, close your eyes and picture, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Can you picture it? A tree that's not in the desert, but a tree healthy, planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season. So just think of this lush tree that's just bearing tons of fruit. Maybe you've seen that fruit, that type of tree before where you're just like, you're looking at this tree and you're like, yeah, you're, that tree's not really producing a lot. But then you see this tree that's like over here and you're like, wow, like can it even hold any more fruit? Like it's just losing fruit because it's just producing so much. And it says, what, and whose leaf does not Whither whatever they do prospers. It's like, wow. And it's, I don't think it's because, you know, these people are, you know, uh, necessarily being blessed in, in material blessing, but I think these people understand that what matters most is when I connect with the Lord, when I have a relationship with Him when I am disciplining myself to spend time with him and to hear from him and to live for him, that person's going to be like a well-watered tree producing much fruit for the kingdom of God. Not for themselves, but they're going to pr produce fruit for the kingdom of God. And that's an amazing thing. And so we talked about, we talked about meditating on God's word. Um, we talked about uh, a lot of, you know, disciplines like Sabbath and resting, right? And just taking that time to rest. We talked about some external disciplines as well, because we didn't just want to just focus on the internal, but there's a lot of spiritual disciplines that take us out connecting with others. Disciplines like confession and how important that is to, to do, not just with God, but with others, to confess our sins to one another because when we, when we talk about our deepest sins or the things in our life that we're really struggling with, when we actually share that with somebody else, we're bringing it into the light. The Bible talks about how when we bring those things into the light, they lose their power. 
And so I just want to encourage you, if you have a sin in your life that maybe you've been struggling with for years, but maybe you've never shared it with somebody or actually like talk to other people about it, would you maybe be willing to do that? Because it's only going to lose its power if you bring it out into the light. Um, but we shared a couple other external disciplines. We shared the discipline of service, right? And just how do we serve others? We shared the spiritual discipline of witness, right? And evangelism, like how do we go about sharing our faith with other people? We talked about, you know, the external disciplines of like spiritual uh, direction or guidance, right? Having those people in our lives who pour into us spiritually and help guide us and help direct us in our relationships with God. So that was the first thing we talked to him about. We talked to him about these ways that we can connect with God. If we want to be blessed, we got to have these spiritual disciplines in our life. We've got to be spending that time with the Lord, connecting with him, and just, just being with him. And then we talked to them about this whole other idea that was weaved in throughout the week of discipleship. And how what's, what's amazing, this, this kind of just like blew my mind as I was, even as I was sharing it with them, like God was revealing it to me. But in the Great Commission, when, and we all know it, right? When Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, he didn't say that to men or to people that were new in him. He said that, and and in the faith, he said that to, to people who had been with him for three and a half years. And they had been discipled for three and a half years. And now he's getting to them to the point where he is saying, you want to know what real discipleship is? Real discipleship is not just showing up at church every morning and learning more and being discipled, being a learner of the faith. But what really discipleship is, is now that you, you've had all this time, you've had all this learning, you've had all this training. Okay, now, now go. Now go and disciple someone else who can then, hopefully, once you pour into them, once you meet with them on a regular basis, once you show them everything that you know about your faith and about the Bible, and you've done everything you can to pour into them about prayer and about the Bible and about spiritual disciplines and about, uh, you know, just, just things that, that can connect us to God and, and ways that we can grow and thrive in our relationship with God, then how cool would it be to have that person that you've grown in the faith and discipled, then find someone else that they can go and disciple. And we talked to the students about how we need to be experiencing discipleship and how hopefully the goal would be in their lives, but hopefully by the time they graduate high school, that they would realize, oh, I've grown enough, I know enough, I've been discipled enough, I've made my faith, my faith my own to where now I'm going to go and I'm going to disciple somebody else. 
And so we talk to them about how do we get there? And I don't have time to go into all the details of how to get there, but I at least want to read the list to you. And this is not an exhaustive list, but this is just things that over the years that, um, that have just come to, you know, to mind on how do we be discipled? How do we grow in our relationship with God to the point to where then we're, we will be ready to disciple others? And so I just started with, okay, make, we shared with them, make a decision for Christ. You got to do that. You got to accept Christ. You can't be discipled if you don't believe in him as your Savior and as your Lord. And then we said, get baptized, right? You got you to gotta show other people that you believed in Jesus, right? And we've got the baptismal back here if anybody ever wants to get dunked in water and, and uh, realize that you're dying to yourself and your way of living and you're raising back out of the water to say, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. That's baptism. And then attending weekly services and events and Bible studies, um, coming to church, right, or coming for these youth, coming to summer camps, or, or you guys going to a retreat or a conference, or just finding ways to have that Christian community and really continue to grow yourself spiritually um, and be in that kind of a Christian community. We talked about developing your prayer life. If you want to be discipled, Grow and develop your prayer life, talking and listening to God regularly. We talked about working toward having a regular, quiet time with the Lord. And that, hey, if you're not doing it every day, don't, don't try to set up your standards for doing it every day, but just try to set up your standards for once or twice a week to have that quiet time with the Lord. And then as you're, as you're successful at that, then maybe add a little bit more that, hey, I'm going to pray and I'm going to read a little bit of my Bible and maybe journal a little bit or whatever you decide to fill that time with. I'm going to do that three days a week now. Oh, and then I'm going to do it four days a week. But don't try to set yourself up for an unrealistic expectation because then you're just going to fail and then it's going to leave you feeling like I'm never going to accomplish this. We also talked to them about spiritual disciplines and having those in your life. Um, confronting and conquering sin in your life right? God wants us to be able to confront and conquer sins in our life. He doesn't just want us to uh, suffer and and struggle with the same sin our whole life. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect uh, at some point in our lives necessarily, but that we could be growing, that we could be conquering sins in our life that would continue to make us more like him and that they would lose their power on us because we have his power to help us overcome it. Developing Christian friends, right, and, and, uh, and that accountability. We talked about we need those people who can, who can follow up with us on a regular basis and ask us the hard questions. You know, how is your prayer life going? How is your thought life going? How is your time with, with the Lord and reading the Bible going? Um, just people who are going to ask you those hard questions um, in your life. We talked about the habit of tithing and giving a portion of what you earn back to God because, after all, he's the one who gave it to you to begin with. And you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. And so we just talked about how when you, when you make that habit of tithing and of giving the first 10% back to God, of how he really does bless you, you live a blessed life. Um, we talked about reading through the Bible in its entirety. 
And we challenged them, but by the time you graduate high school, could you have read the Bible through in its entirety? So you get the large picture of the Bible. Um, have you found someone to disciple you and teach you how to be a Christian, a mentor? Can you name that person by name who's pouring into you? Um, we talked about working out, forgiving people in your past that have hurt you because we understand that Jesus has forgiven us uh, and he calls us to forgive others. And that when we do that, we actually are healed and we grow in the process. We talked about finding out our spiritual gifts and using them. We talked about serving the church and others, developing a servant's heart and realizing that when we serve others, having the mindset that we're actually serving Jesus. Because if we pretend like we're serving Jesus, we're going to serve that person differently than if we're serving a person. We talked about uh, getting them to, to lead, uh, develop their leadership skills, and getting them plugged into ministry, whether it's being on the greeting team, or being in the children's ministry, or being on the tech team, or being up here on the worship team, that we all can start leading in our relationship with God. Um, joining a small group, going through Christian books, working through hurts, habits, wounds, pain, trauma, and emotional growth that's needed. It's amazing how so many times in the Christian uh, church we'll grow up spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, but some mentally, but somehow like the emotional side of it just kind of gets, I don't know, we stay infants somehow emotionally, um, but we grow in all these other areas. So we talk to them about you've got to be able to grow and, and work through your hurts and your hangups and your wounds and the trauma in your life. Talked about becoming a member at your church so that you can help make a difference and bring about change um, in the church that you attend. Uh, being sent out, going on at least one mission trip, asking them, you know, have you, been, have you been on a mission trip? Because we all think that we go on a mission trip to give, right, and to pour out. But every mission trip I've been on, I'm the one who gets impacted the most. And it's, it's an amazing thing how God uses that, develops that. Um, Christ, developing Christ-like character uh, and, and the fruit of the Spirit being in our lives. Learning how to share your faith and evangelize. Um, learning how to surrender your life fully to God each day. Learning humility and getting rid of pride. Overcoming the lies spoken over you from childhood that you're not worthy or you're not valuable or you're not beautiful or you're not smart enough or you're not good enough, you're not significant or you're not loved or whatever it is. Working through those lies, because that's not true. That's not how God sees us. When we, when we become a child of God, we become an heir to his throne. We become loved. We become accepted. We, we are good enough. We are valuable. We are worthy. So we talk to them about that. Um, what I'm hoping that you, we all can see today, this morning, is that if we want to live a blessed life, 
in our relationship with God and a life that bears much fruit for his kingdom and for eternity, then how, how can we start to include spiritual disciplines in our lives where we can connect and be with God? And also, how can we start to be discipled and disciple others so that we can grow and do the work that God has for us to do with his power and his help. So let's pray. Father, I just, I thank you so much for what you taught the youth at summer camp this summer and just all the wins, all the amazing aha moments and just all the ways that you showed up. Lord, we just thank you for the foundation that you build when kids go to camp <laughs> because they're able to connect with you and connect with others in, in a way that they never would showing up to youth group and to Sunday morning every day throughout a year. They're going to get more relational depth. They're going to get more spiritual outcomes going to a week of camp because they're submerging themselves with you and with one another. So thank you for using this week of camp. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you want us to live a blessed life. A life that is full of coming to you, meditating on your word, making it a part of our lives, applying it to our lives, disciplining ourselves to connect with you so that we can then also go and disciple others. Father, show us if there's any of those things that you want us to apply to our lives so that we can go and bear much fruit. We love you, God. And as we continue to worship you right now, whatever it is that you want us to take away from this time, would you help it sink into our hearts, into our minds, and would everything else fade away? And then help us go and apply it this week. We love you, and we worship you. Amen.